بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Tonight we get to the uh, to the the point in the story of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when Allah commands him to invite his people now publicly to Islam. وأنذر عشيرتك الأقربين. And the Prophet he didn't just go in the middle of nowhere and invite people uh, to Islam. In a random way, rather, he was very, very pinpoint strategic, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He went specifically to the mountain of Safa, and the reason why he went there was because this was where people would go if there was literally an army about to attack Mecca. That's where you go to tell your people. That's where you go to to broadcast that news. So that was basically CNN breaking news of that time. So the Prophet he chose that specific strategic place to go. He goes there and he, he, he gathers his people, so clearly there must be important news. He goes there, he invites them to, to, to come to listen to what he has to say, and they do, and he asks them, and we, we know the, the story, he asks them, if I told you there was an army about to invade our city, would you believe me? They said, yes, of course. So he already had this very firmly established reputation with them, of being a sadiq al-ameen, truthful and trustworthy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he goes to that specific place, he chooses that specific medium to invite them to Islam. And he starts by asking them this question. It's a very, it's very smart if you think about it. He didn't just go to Mount Safa, which is the best place for him to go to invite them. He goes there and then he doesn't just jump right into the invitation. He asks, he asks them a question. He asks them a logical question. And it's not just anyone asking them. He's the one who's asking them, who has never told a lie in his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he goes and he, he starts by asking them this question. If I told you this huge thing, would you believe me? They said yes, without hesitation. And then he pivots from that, and then he transitions from that, and he, and he invites them to Islam. He invites them to Tawheed, to La ilaha illallah, to worship one God, and to not worship these idols anymore. And by far and large, at that point in time, in that setting, people, they didn't believe, they didn't listen to him. They, they just, they turned away, they walked away, and they didn't pay it any mind. Abu Lahab, though, took it a step further, and he basically, you know, cursed at the Prophet, ﷺ publicly. And he was upset with the Prophet, and he asks him, is this why you gathered us here? Notice something, there, there's a very deep point to make here. Abu Lahab was mad that the Prophet ﷺ was inviting people to spend some time for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, as opposed to only spending their time invested in the dunya. So he was mad that you pulled us away from our business, you pulled us away from our dunya just for this deen. So from his perspective, it's pretty black and white. From the perspective of Abu Lahab, Forget everything related to Islam, it's only about what's tangible. It's only about what's material. It's only about this money that I'm about to make, basically. It's only about the status that I have. That was his only concern. So when you, when you pick apart, when you look at every word in that surah, there, there's, there's a lot of relevance to, to each and every word. And whatever Allah says in that surah, it's said so perfectly and... And it's, it, it has this incredible design. 
Tabat yada abi lahabin watab ma agna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab. This guy was all about his money. Allah is saying, Your money is not going to do anything for you. In the long run, what is it going to do for you come the day of judgment? Prophet Ibrahim taught us, Yawma la yinfa'u malu wa la banun illa man atallah bi qalbin salim. On that day, nothing from this dunya matters except for your heart. Wealth doesn't matter, family doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is whether or not a person prepared their heart for that day, whether or not a person prepared their deen for that day. Maliki Yawmuddin were reminded time and time again on a daily basis this, of this specific term. Maliki Yawmuddin, the day of deen, on that day, the only thing that matters is what a person prepared for that day in relation to their deen. Everything else has its time and its place, it has its importance, but it's not priority number one. Family is important, no question, right? But there's a certain priority, there, there's a hierarchy that we have when it, when it comes to trying our best to connect with this deen. That was the response of Abu Lahab, and then Allah responded even more aggressively and put him in his place. The... the, the the main thing that I want to, to highlight here in relation to this, this part of the story, now that the Prophet, he goes public with the message, now that he goes public with the invitation, the main point that I want to highlight is the fact that the Prophet would always do his part, He would always do his part. He would always tie his camel, so to speak, and trust Allah. Even when it came time for the hijrah, he didn't just, you know, wing it. He didn't just do it you know, last minute, he planned every single step of the way very strategically, even to the point when he chose the time of day to go to the house of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he went in the middle of the day, when, when people would typically be at home taking a nap, a qailula, a siesta. He chose that time of day, and he chose to cover his face with his turban when he went to the house of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. When he gets there, he asks Abu Bakr, can you please make sure, you know, can you clear out your house? Because this is very top secret information. This is very sensitive information. And Abu Bakr responds, my family is your family. These people, they, they pass the test. These people, they're dependable, they're trustworthy. And then the Prophet mentions to him that, you know, let, let's get ready. It's time, it's time for us to pack our bags basically to go. The Prophet's always doing his part. He's always putting in the effort. He's always dotting his I's and crossing his T's, as we would say. And so what can we learn from that? If someone here and now, if they're going through the process of applying for different jobs, couple the application with dua. It's not only one, it's not only the other. We don't only make dua and ask Allah, Ya Allah, please help us with A, B, C, X, Y, Z. The dua is important. But we want to couple the du'a, to pair the du'a with taking the action. It's also not just about taking the action. It's also not just about applying for the job and applying for the school, but to couple it with du'a, to couple it with istikhara, right? To couple it with those, those two rak'ahs and then to make that specific du'a afterwards. Sometimes people, Muslims, make momentous decisions. They go and they buy a house, they start a business, they want to get married, they want to, they take these massive leaps in their lives they're taking action, and they have a good intention, no question, but then sometimes there's no istikhara. Right? Istikhara at times is, is often underrated. It's a major game changer. And if someone, I'll conclude with this, if someone gets to the point regarding that decision, whatever it is, if they get to the point where they're like, why would I pray istikhara regarding marrying this person? Why would I pray istikhara regarding opening that business or regarding whatever, buying a house or selling a house, whatever it is, because I already know the best outcome, then we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, what is 
our understanding of La ilaha illallah. Look at the dua of istikhara. Ya Allah, you know I don't know. You're in charge, I'm nothing. And then all the way at the end of the dua, make me content with whatever you decide. That's the part that people struggle with. If someone, they have their mind made up regarding that decision, did you, and you ask them, did you pray istikhara? And they say, no, I already know that this is the best thing. But maybe what they're trying to skirt, what they're trying to avoid, is that dua where, Ya Allah, you decide what's best for me and make me content with it. Some people, they, they don't want to take that leap of faith. We're not saying that it's easy, but we are saying that it's a major game changer and it's very highly encouraged. The Prophet is constantly teaching us through his example, وسلم, the importance of taking action, taking appropriate action, like in this case. Right? He, went, he chose specifically Mount Safa. He chose that time of day. And he chose that specific question before inviting them to Islam. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to take action whenever appropriate, whenever we have to. And we ask Allah to open doors for us. And we also ask Allah to make us people of dua and ibadah. We ask Allah to accept our duas. And we ask Allah to help us to trust Allah with the outcome of our duas. Allah knows best. Hasbun Allah wa na'man wakil. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil